0: You are listening to Bullet Points. Bullet Points is our 15 minute monthly update on hot topics in the gun violence prevention movement. Hello and welcome to Bullet Points, a podcast brought to you by Women Against Gun Violence, where we update you on the latest topics in the gun violence prevention movement in just 15 minutes or less. I'm your host, Alec Foster, and today, We are going to discuss the dangerous and deadly intersection between white supremacy and gun violence in the united states america as we know has a history that is complicated to say the least racism is built into the fabric of this country as americans we would like to view ourselves as living in the best country in the world but our culture is with not without its flaws in recent weeks Issues of racial hate, intolerance, and violence have been at the forefront of our everyday news. Anti-Semitism, anti-LGBTQ attacks, racism, and mass shootings have all been on the rise. And there is a common thread woven through all of these issues, white supremacy. Anti-Semitism has reared its ugly head on a large scale with high profile musician Kanye West ranting and spreading misinformation about the Jewish community. Kanye both started and continues to stoke the flames of this controversy by hanging out with the well-documented white nationalist, Nick Fuentes, and going on a press tour spouting inflammatory rhetoric about the Jewish community and others. But it did not stop there. The two were spotted at a Miami airport before heading to have dinner with former President Donald Trump, at his Mar-a-Lago residence. Republicans, and especially Donald Trump, have never been shy about cozying up to white nationalists and white supremacy. Notably, during Trump's presidency and his campaign for re-election, when he was asked to condemn white supremacy on the debate stage, he told the violent, far-right, neo-fascist, white nationalist Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. And even amongst the current outrage and controversy that Kanye has stirred up, Trump was not deterred from associating with hate speech. Trump and the Republican Party have no shame when it comes to their identity politics. This quote-unquote cozy relationship, as I described it, between the Republican Party and white nationalists is dangerous on many levels. As said by Democratic Congressional Representative Jamie Raskin from Maryland, These politicians are giving cover to insurrectionists and violent-type politics in our country. This was illustrated by the insurrection at the United States Capitol building on January 6, 2021. This was an embarrassing day for our country and for our democracy. But leading up to that, Trump and many other Republicans pushed the narrative that the election was stolen from him and truly Trump had won. They lit the fire under Trump's white nationalist base, which led to this coordinated attack on our democracy. Not only are the politicians to blame, but slanted conservative news media like Fox News host Tucker Carlson also add fuel to the fire by claiming that racial, ethnic, and other minorities are a threat to the safety and security of white Americans and to quote-unquote traditional American values. Carlson and other hosts alike are responsible for pushing these fear-mongering narratives to their base, which already holds a lot of white nationalist ideology. White supremacy groups see LGBTQ rights, immigration, interracial contact, feminism, and especially the birth of interracial children as all being an existential threat because they believe that those factors will undermine the white birth rate and the power gained by just being white. And when these types of flawed worldviews are held by individuals with the propensity for violence, who are provided with the ease of access to firearms like they are in this country, we are fostering a dangerous environment for extremists to carry out heinous crimes. In 2021, Attorney General Merrick Garland and members of the Department of Homeland Security testified to the Senate that the greatest risk to national security was domestic terrorism, specifically those individuals that advocate for the superiority of the white race. And while to some this may have sounded hyperbolic, the Attorney General is exactly right. And when white American terrorists carry out these mass shooting tragedies on our home soil, Media is sometimes afraid to explicitly label it as domestic terrorism. They dance around it. But when a person of color commits a similar crime, media is quick to label it as a terrorist act. We saw recent evidence of a white domestic terrorist attack on the LGBTQ community last month with the mass shooting at Club Q, an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, Colorado. A 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich opened fire on a club full of patrons, killing five and injuring 25 more. The killer had previously threatened his mother with a bomb and was arrested for it in 2021 after a standoff with the police, so he should have been flagged and barred from having had any access to weapons of any kind. However, the killer's grandfather... Randy Vopel is a Republican California assemblyman who supported the January 6 riots at the Capitol and has a history of anti-LGBTQ legislation. He made sure that his grandson had access to whatever weapons he desired by ensuring that his record was sealed. Vopel is surely culpable as well for that heinous act of hate that his grandson carried out On those innocent people in Colorado. The killer has since claimed that they identify as non-binary, which has sparked debate over whether those claims are true or if that is being said to alleviate the charge of it being a hate crime. However, regardless of how Aldrich identifies, they are a killer and that was a targeted act of violence and hate on the LGBTQ community by a white domestic terrorist. We of course also remember the shooting this past May in Buffalo, New York, where an 18-year-old white supremacist targeted a black neighborhood, killing 10 people and injuring three others in a Topps-Friendly Markets grocery store. Buffalo's worst mass shooting in its history. According to The Trace, the perpetrator who live-streamed the attack said his actions down to his targeting Buffalo's majority black east side, were motivated by his hatred of black people. The gunman had painted a racial slur on his gun, along with the number 14, a popular white supremacy reference. The racist Great Replacement conspiracy theory is connected to other hate-fueled gun violence, along with anti-black hatred and anti-Semitism, a racist manifesto attributed to the shooter endorsed the great replacement ideology that baselessly says there's an intentional movement to replace white people in societies across the world. The suspect said he was most influenced by the Christchurch massacre in New Zealand in 2019, in which two consecutive shootings killed 51 Muslim worshippers at mosques its perpetrator also espoused great replacement ideas. Attackers in several cases, including the El Paso Walmart attack in 2019 that targeted people of Mexican descent and the anti-Semitic rampages at synagogues in Pittsburgh in 2018 and Poway, California in 2019, offered similar motivations. Versions of the ideology, which originated among the white supremacist far right have become more mainstream in recent years. A recent Associated Press and ORC Center for Public Affairs Research found that one in three Americans believe there is a politically motivated effort to replace U.S.-born Americans with immigrants. And while a majority of Americans support stricter gun control legislation, attacks such as those in El Paso, Brooklyn, and Tree of Life Synagogue among others, demonstrate the pressing need for discussion by our country's leadership of the increased frequency of racially motivated mass shootings in the United States and its direct link to white supremacy. However, as stated by Professor of Law Daryl Miller of Duke University, gun regulation and gun rights have a racist history and the lack of gun regulation has a negative effect on minority communities. So we have to be attentive to the aspect of gun rights that are enlisted to maintain white supremacy. American Psychological Association Journal of Experimental Psychology found that white Americans who express high levels of anti-black sentiments associate gun rights with white people and gun control with black people. And they are less likely to support gun rights if they believe black people are exercising those rights more than they are and the National Rifle Association actually fosters and uses the fear of the other and the fear of loss of rights as primary marketing efforts to sell more firearms. Specifically, the National Rifle Association has been intertwined with white supremacists, amplifying their paranoias about having their rights infringed upon and their guns taken from them. This empowerment of white supremacists and their ideologies has led to upticks in gun related violence, the causes of which frequently lead back to gun lobbies such as the NRA. While the gun issue as a whole is of utmost importance and urgency to be solved in this country, it is clear that along with the access to and the proliferation of guns, the rise of white supremacist ideology is an insidious and dangerous driving factor in the amount of gun violence and mass shootings we are experiencing. Donald Trump and his base, as well as the propaganda-filled conservative media, have done America no favors by emboldening the racism that always existed in this country, but had not been as openly vocal and violent. But now that white supremacists and white nationalists feel somehow both threatened and empowered, We are dealing with a whole nother level of dangerous evil. So, our work must continue. I will leave you with a couple of overarching steps that our Executive Director Marco Bennett encourages us gun violence prevention activists to take in order to combat this intolerance and violence we are experiencing. One, we can take concrete steps towards defunding the gun industry by being intentional about where we bank, where we invest, and where we shop, we must align our banking, investing, and spending with our values. And as I've stated in a previous episode, we have the avenue to do that at divestforourlives.org. The website provides concise information on divesting as well as links to sites with more detailed and specific information. And two, As Margot stated herself, we must be fearless in the face of casual racism because it can hide something larger. It is a privilege to not say something or engage when a friend, an acquaintance, or a family member, or a politician says something racist, anti-Semitic, or relies on a stereotype to describe a person or situation. We all must speak up each and every time. Do not be shy or fearful at the dinner table. And I wholeheartedly agree. It is not enough to simply not be racist. We must be anti-racist and anti-hate of any kind. We can clearly see that the consequences are much too great to be silent. As always, thank you for your continued unwavering support of Women Against Gun Violence and the work that we do. If you have not already, sign up for our action alerts at wagv.org. Follow us on social media on Instagram and Twitter at wagv, and on TikTok at wagvorg. And if you have any questions or topics you would like to address, please be sure to email us at wagv at wagv.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next month. Thank you for listening to Bullet Points, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Visit our website at WAGV.org to sign up for our action limits. We're looking forward to you joining us next month.